You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters. We cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and comfortable in the field while hunting deer. This episode is all about hunting gear and equipment. We talk about everything from boots and clothing to tree stands and ground blinds. We also discuss how to properly research the type of equipment you may require depending on the terrain and the weather you hunt in. Lastly, we cover what you need versus what you want. And honestly, you don't need much to get started. Listen closely because there's a ton of great information coming your way. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number eight. And today we're going to be talking about the gear we recommend, the gear that you need versus the gear that you want. Basically, this episode is about hunting gear and equipment outside of the firearm or the bow that you've already chosen that you want to want to use. And this is one of those topics where if you go online and do research, you can go down a gigantic rabbit hole of every Tom, Dick, and Harry's opinion of what kind of hunting gear and equipment that you need. And although everybody at this table has their favorites, we're going to tell you that you may not need everything that is being recommended to you to get to get started and I think what I want to do is I want to start off with some necessities are there things Hank that you would recommend that are necessities for first-time hunters going out in the field well let's start with clothes Um, you know I think Footwear should really take the most consideration of hunting, depending on what terrain, how you're hunting, what the you know if it's warm or cold. Um, a lot of hunters have adopted rubber boots, and when it's hot and you're sweating, they might not be um, the most fun. But I'll tell you, they've changed the way I hunt, and I think they changed the way a lot of us deer hunters 
hunt, but I don't have to worry about any kind of puddle, anything like that. They, they prevent scent uh, being transferred to the ground, I imagine. But um, I really think if you're going to go out and get any item to go hunting, you know, a, a pair of hiking boots that you currently have will work just fine. But if you are going to invest in, in some kind of clothing attire related thing, I think that boots are the first the first thing that I would advise about. I would one hundred percent second that motion. I feel that foot care, your your boot and your sock combination are probably the biggest influencer of how comfortable you are in the field. And one thing that uh, I've been told throughout the years, and I can attest to this through, you know, the hours that I spend hiking out in the, the field is if you're not thinking about your gear while you're hunting, then that gear is performing the way it needs to, right? If, if you're having problems with your feet or your socks and, and there's a blister uh, forming, you're thinking about that instead of thinking about hunting. So when it comes to um, uh, a good pair of boots. Well, you know, something that's well fit and you know, knowing your environment, are you going to have to cross a Creek? Are you going to have to walk through some mud, some wet conditions and, and matching that boot and sock combination to fit that condition is, is very important because when it comes to, and I'll just use cold weather as an example for me, when it's cold outside if my feet get cold first, I become uncomfortable. And when I become uncomfortable, I want to get out of the tree stand. I want to go back home. I want to warm up. And my feet are always the first thing to go if I'm not, if they're not properly taken care of. And I like, for me, that right off the bat is number for like big time. Number one foots, uh, boot sock combination. Yeah. For me, you know, Hank was just talking about rubber boots, and that's what I, I wear a lot, but it's because of the ground that I'm hunting. Yeah. Um, I may I may need to get into a wet area, but even if I don't, I might shoot a deer that forces, when I go to recover it, may force me to, to get it out through a wet area. Um, or if I might change hunting locations, that would be the case. So that waterproof factor of having, you know, knee-high rubber boots is, is a big part of it. Um, insulation. So I have a pair of rubber boots that I wear early in the year that has no insulation in it. They're nice and light and I don't sweat that much in them. And later in the year, I have a pair of insulated ones. But if I hunted in a place that was uh, a little bit more um, terrain, more mountainous, I'd want boots that have uh, a good ankle support. And rubber boots don't really have that. They have pretty good ankle support, something that has a really good aggressive tread. Um, so I, my footing was assured. So if you hunt in a location that has a lot of steep slopes, um, and the, and the ground is loose gravel, rocky, you're not going to want to be wearing knee high rubber boots. So that's just an example. Um, if I lived in the Southeast where you might be crossing snakes, I might want boots that have snake proofing. Um, I don't live there and I don't hunt there, but choosing the boot style to match where you hunt and giving you the biggest, widest variety of comfort 
um, in those conditions is what the point is. Yeah. And uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And a lot of that, again, coming back to trial and error was it, it may take you a season or two to find out what works the best for you. It may take, you know, may, maybe you're like, okay, maybe I can get away with the same kind of hiking equipment that I use to uh, mow my yard with or, you know, go on my family hikes. You might be able to get away with that. In some instances, in, in warmer climates, a pair of tennis shoes may even work for you. Uh, but when it starts to get cold in the Midwest, in the Northeast, uh, out West, then we're talking about, you know, uh, s- uh, different uh, combinations that, you know, that you need to look at. And I personally, I don't wear rubber boots. I wear a hiking boot that's waterproofed. Uh, and um, I, sh- I should, I take that back because if I know I'm going to cross a creek or I know I'm going to a location where I'm going to get wet, I'll, I'll wear a pair of rubber boots, but for the most part, I can get anywhere I need to go with a good pair of hiking boots and uh, a, a, a merino wool sock, some kind of wool sock that wicks the moisture away. Because as you guys know, maybe the, our listeners don't, that moisture over time will make you cold, right? If if you start to sweat, then you calm, then your body calms down and that moisture is still there. That will lead to you getting cold and that leads to being uncomfortable. And then the next thing you know, you just want to get out of the, out of the woods. I I think with um, the options of footwear here is similar to the options of, you know, choosing an implement. What we talked earlier, um, trial and by error works, but another option is getting the advice of somebody in that hunts that you know, say, hey, what do you wear you trust, for footwear? You trust their opinion. Yeah. Or the place that you may purchase the footwear, if it's a place that sells hunting gear as well, you might say, ask them, hey, I'm going to be hunting for the first time. Um, what kind of footwear would I need? And they might ask you about where you're hunting. But that, that's that's kind of probably um, more of a regional selection, and it's probably based on experience from other hunters. You know, if there's yeah. a lot of people that are buying hike, hiking boots in that area, that's because they're probably wearing those. Yeah. So this is where it kind of gets more on opinion. And I know, Hank, we've talked a lot about this before. And when people talk about hunting, they automatically associate it with camouflage. Okay. So the question is, do you really need camouflage to be a hunter? The answer is absolutely not. Okay. Um, we spoke earlier what colors deer see and see well. Um, but no, we often uh, tell people to wear earth tones, you know, drab colors. Um, you do not need camo to hunt. If I was recommending somebody who was going to start hunting in warm seasons, I might recommend buying a camo top. But I would, I would advise getting one that's lightweight and fairly oversized. Because if they have any experience in kind of cold weather, outdoor sports or anything, it's all about layering and you can add layers under it. So if you're just going to go out and purchase one camo item, which is, is really more than you need. But, um, you know, a lot of, I think I think there's something to having like your hunting suit. There yeah. is this like you're in the game again, like mentally, like having your, your gear. So um, I think over time most people will invest in some camouflage uh, minimal amount but it, as a first time hunter you, you really need one camo top maybe if you want to go that way I'll tell you when I was coming up and didn't have a lot of gear 
I actually had some lightweight coveralls that you could wear in the heat with like just your underwear on under it. You know, it was just like they were actually scent controlled. You know, whoever made them, but. I found that a, a set of really lightweight coveralls that were camo were nice because you could throw it over whatever you were already wearing or you could layer under it, and it, it was just an, a cheap opportunity to have, like, head-to-toe camo quickly. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you don't need camo to do deer hunting. Yeah, and I think with that said, you can go to your closet, and, it, it, again, talking about budget— you can go to your closet and find when I when I was first started hunting, I hunted in blue jeans and a hooded sweatshirt. When it get when it would get cold, I'd wear two or three hooded sweatshirts, and I looked like the kid from the Christmas story walking down the street. But I, you know, it got me through whatever hunt I needed to get through. Um, and you know, it wasn't the best equipment, but it got me outside. And I think that if a guy goes to his closet or goes to his, uh, you know, where he hangs his winter, winter coats, you're going to have enough of something to get started. Uh, you don't need to listen to the, the, the marketing uh, within the hunting industry because if you start going into the places where expert or I shouldn't say expert, but seasoned hunters start talking about gear, you're going to go down a rabbit hole of opinions and them telling you and listening to the marketing that you need certain things. Matt, I think you can say that you don't need everything that you read about. No, you don't. I mean, I, I've introduced a lot of people to, uh, to hunting over the last couple of years through some of our programs and uh, to a T, each one of them, you know, I've told them you're going to be wearing a blaze orange vest anyway because we're going to do that so you don't need to buy camouflage just to put orange over it yeah um i do try to recommend them not wearing colors that deer see wells just don't wear anything blue um you know they see that really well uh but anything else is fine especially if you have other activities that you pursue that take you outdoors in uh challenging weather if you ski if you um, one of my one of the people I had taken out uh, worked in natural resources and was uh, is a forester, so he spends a lot of time outside every day marking timber. So he had gear, wool pants that he used every day, and those were great. Just said wear them; it'll keep you warm. Um, it doesn't matter that they're not camouflage. Yeah, absolutely. I want to touch real quick on layering because I think layering is is very important. Um, you mentioned it real uh, briefly, Hank. Talk about a, a good layering system because layering will keep you comfortable if you know how to use it, thus keeping you in the woods longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's fairly simple. I mean, when when I'm hunting, you know, and, and I use almost the same kit from, you know, this lower 60s down to, you know, 20 degrees, but um, I like a base layer. People, you know, people go back and forth, synthetic, wool, whatever, but some kind of moisture wicking light next to skin layer um an insulation layer and an, and an outer layer and uh you know depending on what you're experiencing a field or what's happening you can shed a layer take one you know put one back on um but that's the best way to regulate your temperature and stay comfortable and and really um you know in, term, in terms of staying warm for me uh, it's about having a, a baggy outer layer create those air pockets and that's the whole point of layering i actually read a study um World War II, you know, it was actually the Army um, uniform that they were developing. It's where we just started layering. A lot of 
you know, uh, soldiers at the time were wearing big overcoats, and the U.S. Army realized that if they layered, they could wear lighter materials but stay warm in these cold things, and that's where most of our gear companies came out of is this research um, from that. And so it, it's just multiple layers trying to stay comfortable. Um, I will jump back real quick on color and stuff, and, and this may be opinion, but I think the the coating of the material is important. Like, mm. Fabrics that sheen, like your, your, you know, um, you know, kind of your down jackets today that are kind of yeah, yeah, little, little have a flash to them. I think that's bad. And if it's noisy or scratchy yeah. material, can get you like potentially a, like yeah. a, a regular rain jacket that makes a lot of noise when you move. Like those are things I would also consider on pulling things out of the closet to go hunting in. Yeah, I think it all boils down to the clothing that we wear is what keeps you comfortable. Obviously, warm versus cold weather is going to mean you're going to need a different set of uh, clothing to keep you comfortable in whatever scenario Mother Nature decides to bring that day. Right. Uh, I would recommend a, a raincoat in, you know, in your arsenal just in case it decides to rain and you want to stay out out there um good pair of socks and boots we've already mentioned those are my my favorite things but other than that i don't think a new hunter needs to go drop hundreds of dollars on a quote-unquote camo system or camo gear to to start hunting if they're going to i'd recommend first light Uh, we're a big fan of first light but no um, you don't need to go out and purchase a ton of head-to-toe gear. Um, you will, you can be a successful hunter without it. Absolutely. We've talked about the boots. So, okay, you had something else. I got one thing okay. here. It, warm weather, insect repellent okay. is a good consideration. Yes. Um, that, that You won't stay comfortable in the stand. There are garments today that are treated with insect repellents. You can also buy treatments that you can treat your clothing in. But being in the southeast, much like Matt brought up snakes, ticks, and that kind of stuff are yeah. probably what I'm most scared of in the woods. And uh, there, there's some good insect repellents and thermocells. Thermocells, yeah. Familiar, but uh, that's a big consideration in the southeast. Yeah. Not, well, so, not so much in the northeast. Yeah. By the time our seasons kick off, most of the, the bugs have have gone away yeah in iowa when i hunt uh, you know if i ever get out in that early october time frame i might have to i might run into some mosquitoes and uh definitely uh, a thermocell helps control that so boots clothing all right now we're starting to get into all these trinkets right um and and i'm just thinking about as I've set up my tree stand or my ground blind, what are some other items, Matt, that we should consider bringing with us? Let's just say in our pack, in our backpack that we bring to the woods with us every time we hunt, what are some products that we should probably have with us at all times? Sure. Let's talk about some of those. Um, you know, I scratched down here on paper in front of me. Do we even need a pack? I would say yes. You know, some kind yeah. of some kind of packaging, backpack, hip pack, something that you fanny could, pack, yeah. something real could be small. Yeah, it doesn't have to be big, but you're going to want your standard stuff that we're going to talk about here. And some of it's going to make a lot of sense. So although we're telling you, you don't need to go buy a bunch of gear. If you don't own a backpack, that's something that you're going to want to bring with you because then the kit is put together. You have it with you. Some of it's safety specific. Some of it's ready 
uh, to go if you do get a deer um, so that you're prepared to, to deal with that. And we're going to have uh, an episode on, on processing and working uh, once, you've, once you've shot a deer. But the first thing I'll just start with is, is a knife. Yeah. Um, you need a knife with you, a nice sharp knife that will allow you to do a couple things. Um, if you, if you need it to, to, uh, uh, once you get a deer, uh, put the tag in the deer, we'll describe that at some point, um, to actually pro uh, open the deer up and field dress it. Um, and then there's times that I might need a knife for other reasons, but it's nice to have a knife, a nice sharp knife, uh, or even one better is having one of those utility tools that actually has a knife and some other things on it in case you right. need them. But, um, I typically will always have and mine is sentimental. I, I got a knife when I was a teenager. Um, it's not the ideal knife, but it, it works really well. If, if I wanted to spend some money uh, to buy something that's a little bit more practical, I probably should. But this one has sentimental value. So I always make sure it's sharp and it's in my backpack. Yeah. Hank, what are a couple things that you keep in your, your pack when you're out? You know, most importantly for me is a bottle of water and snacks. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, honestly, it's about comfort. And, honestly, yeah. sometimes snacking in the deer stand can become entertainment on a slow hunt or yeah. you know, something like that. But Something to look forward to. Um, you know, there, there's just a few items you should keep in your pack for that safety's sake. Or if, you, if you're out there a little longer than you thought, but water, a snack. Um, and you know, people used to carry a compass or things like that, but with our cell phones and all next maps and stuff like that, I mean, that kind of really takes the place of that, but your phone, um, you know, can be a really nice tool to have. Um, and some people may use that for entertainment in the deer stand as well. Yeah. Just a few of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this. There are times where if I've had a stressful day at work, I leave my phone in my car and it's just me in nature but other times when i have to stay in contact with the family it's you know it's good to have and like you said onyx and gps tracking so where you you know where you're at um this kind of leads us into the next uh the next little piece of gear here that i always keep in my pack um sometimes phones have flashlights on them I use a headlamp that, you know, it's a flashlight basically that straps to your head. Other guys, when I was younger, I used to actually carry a flashlight with me and then put it back in my bag. But I really like a headlamp because it allows me to be hands-free when I climb the stand in the dark or when I'm walking back to the, the vehicle after the hunt in the dark. I can carry things without having to maneuver the flashlight. So I'm always every hunt carrying a uh, a headlamp with me i actually have both i carry a headlamp and then i have a backup flashlight in case my headlamp decides to not work <laughs> I, I do as well I, I, yeah. I carry the headlamp and i actually um, prefer one with like a red bulb or yeah. something that doesn't degrade my night vision for going in and out um, and then i carry like a handheld for uh, finding blood and stuff like that I, yeah I a, kind of a stronger beam can help in that regard Absolutely. Do you guys think binoculars are, are a necessary piece of equipment for a new hunter? Uh, you know, I do. Yeah. Um, they, you don't need to get expensive binoculars. Uh, you know, in the end, you don't need binoculars. Yeah. But um, I think you learn a lot by watching deer. Absolutely. Um, part of hunting is looking for deer. Um, when you're sitting ground in a tree or whatever, um, you may pass the time by looking at your phone but you or snacking, um, but another really, really good activity, just paying attention to what's going on around you. Um, 
and you're not always going to see a full deer. You may see parts of something that was that a deer. And if you don't have binoculars, um, you're, you're just at the level of being able to see what your own eyes can. So, um, you know, I'm not, I know that we don't have to spend a lot of money to go hunting and you don't need binoculars, but it'd be pretty early purchase in in my mind Yeah. or get, I mean, you can get hand-me-downs, you could buy stuff used. Um, it doesn't need to be expensive, but a good set of binoculars yeah. are pretty important. You guys can argue with me, but I think they're pretty important. If it's really thick, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll leave them at home and I, and sometimes I regret that. I mean, you're exactly right. A deer could come by out of bow range that you want to get a closer look at or whatever. And, and they're really useful for that. They can be entertaining as well. You know, you don't want to move around too much in the stand. Um, but, and, and they also are affordable. I mean, there's great companies like Vortex today that, man, for less than $200 in a, in a store, you can get a set of binoculars that has a lifetime guarantee, yep. you know, even if you're, if you run over them with your car, they'll replace them. So, um, there's a few items like that in, in, in this stuff we're discussing, like the skinning knife, where it's important to say you don't need to drop a bunch of money, but at the same time, if you spend just a little bit more, these are items that, you know, as long as you don't misplace it or whatever, they'll last a lifetime. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I would take that consideration when looking at optics at, at a skinning knife. You don't need to spend a lot of money, but they are things that, that will last for years and years as long as you don't misplace them. Yeah. And what I will say when it comes to gear of all the different industries, of all the different uh, hobbies and sports that I've been a part of, um, and I've been hunting for a long time. I've bought a lot of hunting gear and equipment is that in hunting gear price usually does reflect quality. So the more money that you spend will get you a better product. Do you need that product? No, you don't. Right. I like bringing binoculars with me for, if I was a new hunter, I would be bringing them for fun. I would be looking all the time. It's cool to to get up close and personal with a deer that's outside of your shooting range. Or not just deer. You yeah. could be looking at Birds, other animals. Yeah, bobcats, whatever yeah. comes by. Right, it's that nature aspect that allows you it allows you to do that. But again, you probably don't need it. Yeah, this is the need versus want need thing, right? Versus want. Some yep. things in here that we're talking about. I think flashlight is a need. It's a need. It's a need. Yep. You need to you need, yep. you need to bring your license with you. Um, snacks, you know, you need <laughs> snacks. There is no more defeating feeling than when you get to the deer stand and realize you forgot your snacks. Yeah, I know, right? But binoculars, I think, uh, walk the line between yeah. need and want, and that's why it's kind of an interesting discussion. Um, and I think, by personal preference, I, that one makes me lean a little bit more towards need than want. Need, but, yeah. Um, anyway, you know, another thing I keep in my pack is a lighter. Uh, you know, it's not, it's kind of that survival stuff, but I do kind of prepare a little bit in case something, you know, you did get lost or something and yeah. that, that may just be the, the boy scout, you know, be prepared right. me or whatever. But, um, I, I carry a lighter in my hunting pack, um, in case I needed to start a fire or something like that. Um, also I carry a couple different lengths of rope. Um, I carry, uh, a bit of paracord that's long enough to reach the ground from my deer stand in case there's not a haul rope. Um, you know, if you have a shoulder strap on a gun, you can safely climb a ladder with a gun. Now, most people, and you'll probably learn in hunter education, it's not advised. You're supposed to haul it up unloaded with a cord. But if you, you know, have a shoulder strap and stuff, most people probably climb the ladder with the gun. 
bows and crossbows get really bulky, it's a lot easier to haul them up or even your backpack or whatnot. To um, break that to break that down so the listener understands here is you will have a rope that you either tie to your belt or a belt loop or is already hanging from the tree stand. You leave your weapon on the ground, you tie the rope to it, you climb up your tree stand, and then you pull your weapon up afterwards so you don't bump it on, on the way up, yep. making noise and for safety issues as well. Absolutely. So all my deer stands, you know, I, I install that on Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, is, you know, when we're putting up all these deer stands, we often have these ratchet straps we're using, and when there's a lot of length left, I cut that off. And I carry a piece of that in my pack where if I got into a tree stand and I thought there was going to be a lifeline or something, I can I can tie it around the tree. Or even for pulling a deer out, I can use that rope as almost like a ski rope and, and get it out. But I find having a couple sections of rope in my pack is, can really come in handy. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Other than that, while I'm in the tree stand, uh, there's two, like... For me, it is the, it's probably one of the most important accessories that I buy when it comes to hunting gear, and that is screw-in bow hooks, something to hold, like you, you screw it into the tree and you hang your bow or your gun off of it. That way you don't have to hold it or hold your backpack the entire time. It's uh, these little hooks you can buy. They're very cheap. You screw it into the tree and you just hang stuff off of it. Picking up a couple of those, putting it, putting a couple of those up in the tree with you allows you to hang stuff up and, and, and gives you the freedom to use your hands however you want to do it. And you're not having to hold your weapon or, or pack the entire time. Mm-hmm. So what was the other thing? Bow, the bow, bow hook and bow holder, or oh. uh, the, the screw in hook and the bow, the bow holder is just a bigger version of that. And you hang your hang your bow or your weapon off of it so a couple other things that these definitely fall in uh, the um, want category i usually bring a little set of snips like snips uh, for a cutting yep. cutting brush yep. in case there's a branch in my way um you don't need to carry that but i have a little a little saw and a little set of snips um if something's in the way just don't shoot through it right you know, it's not like you absolutely need to carry that but if my backpack is big enough that i throw those in there um, I also have flagging in there. If I shoot a deer and I need to mark, you know, where it was standing and, and leave and come back, if I if that's something I need to do, maybe I need to unload some gear or m- mark something else. So I have like trail markers or flagging in there. Um, and uh, we'll get into another episode, but calls. Uh, I also carry a couple calls in there. That's, again, not an absolute thing that you have to have. Um, those are bonus. And we'll get into it later as well, but I carry a few items for or field dressing a deer, you know, rubber gloves. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, a little bit of hand sanitizer or whatever um, comes in handy. Yeah. But I, I carry a few things in case I'm successful. Yeah. In preparation for that. In cold weather, really cold weather, I have hot hands. Mm-hmm. I bring a, a couple things of hot hands and that way you can put them in your pocket you put your hands in your pocket and you just you hold on to them and they're basically some kind of chemical reaction that happens in them and i'm sure everybody knows what hot hands are they're just warm 
And that, they, those are those are uh, a necessity in the yeah, north. In the north, yeah, exactly, exactly. I definitely what are those have. <laughs> I definitely have extras of those in my pack. Do you have the Do you have the AC version of that down <laughs> yeah. here in the south? Yeah. We wish. Um, you know, one thing we might have skipped over is you know gloves and, yeah. and uh, insulated hat, and those are two things that are probably always in my pack, even you know in mostly warm weather, is a lightweight pair of gloves. And, you know, and then later on getting a little heavier and, and a toboggan, as yeah. we call them, you know, beanie. And you'll probably call them up there, but for some reason. You know, from a, from a, I guess a, I don't know what you would call this, a fact. A majority, uh, during cold weather, a majority of the heat lost from the body is through the head. So, it, in one major way to stay warm is just wear a really good stocking cap. In, in cold weather so yeah you're right a, a good stocking cap and i don't wear hats a ton just casually but i really like a trucker ball cap but I, I wear glasses and so to have that brim cover my glasses if it starts to precipitate or something but also you know if the sun's hitting your face and you're moving those deer are going to key in on it and that bill can kind of get you in the shade yeah um but i do i do wear a, a, ball, a ball cap mostly when i hunt the next set of products, and, and my personal opinion is this falls under the want, definitely not need category, is scent control items, right? When it comes to the hunting industry, there are several products out there that people will say will beat a deer's nose or will, uh, I don't know, give like give you... Uh, the upper hand in them not detecting you. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but I think when it comes to being a new hunter and learning to hunt, you don't need those items. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, being aware of the wind is probably more important than what the, right. the gear Wood, smells Woodsmanship, like. yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they, they make products that um, allegedly do that um, they, you can also just take clothes that you own and just make sure they don't smell like your house, your mm-hmm. pets or whatever by washing them in scent-free soap, hanging them outside for a period of time before you go hunt in them. Um, I do that routinely as dirt, dirt before the season as I'll let my stuff kind of air out outside on our porch for a period of time and I don't bring them back in the house. I put them in a, in a tub that's separate so it right. stays away from everything. Right. Um, you're not... Con- I'm just consciously not trying to add scent that is not natural to the woods um, to my clothes. I'm not doing something that would get them to be smelly. Yeah. Let's just say that there are people who take this to the nth degree. Oh, right. I mean, mm-hmm. people get crazy about scent. I, I just, my personal view is I don't think I can beat a deer's nose no matter what gimmick or, or not gimmick that you're doing. But I, I do use a scent-free detergent on my clothing. I don't go, you know, sometimes if I have like a hunting-specific type around, I'll use it. Um, You know, if I'm really intensely bow hunting, maybe I I won't use my normal shampoo and stuff that's scented. But I I really only find myself getting too caught up in the scent control when I'm really intently archery hunting and really think I need to get that deer in close. Yeah. um, But I, I... I probably break all the scent rules and, and just try to hunt the wind and yeah and I'm I'm not a huge I'm not a scent control fanatic. Absolutely, and as you will learn if you continue to stick out this uh, this 
you know, hunting and you start reading up more and more on this, you're going to find every gimmick and every product that's supposed to make you a better deer hunter. It's going to, they're, they're going to say that you, you need this product to shoot big bucks or more deer or, or whatever. And it's just like, in my opinion, it's just not the case. Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing you can buy is more time, and more time. <laughs> yes. Just, just if I could sell experience in a box, uh, exactly. I, I would do that. just get out there and do it. Exactly. Exactly. Are there any other products that we should be mentioning before we shut this episode down? Yeah. I got one necessity that I always keep in my hunting pack is toilet paper. Toilet paper. That's no joke. It's, that's no joke. Yeah. That's, that's not a, a that's a that's need. a need yeah mine my i usually keep that in my truck sometimes it doesn't make the the trip out to the the field with me but it is definitely close by thanks for listening to today's episode if you want to find out more information and utilize additional resources visit deerassociation.com slash hunting 101 there you will find links to the youtube series guide to successful deer hunting ebook new hunter sign-up sheets and deer hunting 101 courses additionally you can listen to more outdoor themed podcasts at sportsmansnation.com on itunes or anywhere you download your podcasts